This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal, 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 Hannibal. Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. Off Day Podcast. Tom Brady is not a member of the Patriots, or will not be a member of the Patriots, because he announced on Tuesday morning he will be signing with a team other than New England, and the fallout has already begun with statements from Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, leaks to Ian Rapport, Tom Kern, about how this negotiation went down. And basically, everybody's putting it on Tom Brady. Yeah, and I don't really care for it. Um, you know, I've been accused of being a Brady hater at times over the years, then at times being a rump swab for the organization. Um, but I, I, as I tweeted, it takes two to tango. I'm sorry, I don't buy that. Tom just unilaterally decided I'm done, and they would have done anything to keep him. Yeah. If he wanted to be back on their terms, he'd probably be back. But we have no idea what their terms are. We can believe our coworker, Dale Arnold, that it's one year and less than he made last year. Um, I don't choose to believe Crap Sheet, who, you know, the original report that they would go in excess of $30 million. Um, I just, I hate this part of the whole thing um, that now it's going to be all these sourced sort of one-sided biased views on everything. And Robert Kraft is getting ahead of that, talking to Mike Giardi, talking to anybody who'll listen. He's talked to everybody this morning. Um, right. And, and I don't, I just wish we could not do that. Um, you know, a lot of times the Red Sox do that and it's been sort of seen as a Red Sox type thing to control the message afterwards and hatchet jobs and things of that nature. Um, it feels like from afar Brady's, trying to handle this in sort of an appropriate way and go out with class, whether there was class behind the scenes or not, whether he was a sulky pouty problem last year for the team or not, he's kind of trying to go out in a high class way, raise the bar or whatever you want to call it. I don't think we need to do this. It's going to be painful enough for fans. Like this is going to be a big enough deal for fans to deal with not needing all the post divorce, you know, parental fighting that puts them in a weird position. Um, but I, I start with here just the fact that we knew there was a chance this was coming. Now, I thought in the end he would chicken out and come back, and you know maybe they pushed him so far as to really remove that from, from being an option um, by really just backing him into a corner to the point, as you wrote um, on our website, like – Unless he was taking like a one-year, $3 million deal, right. like there's no room for him. There would, there. Now, the, the Joe Tooney thing is, you know, that can change. It's a fluid situation. But I just don't think if you want Tom Brady, you go about multi-year extensions for an aging Matthew Slater, an aging Devin McCourty, franchise tagging, you know, a $15 million guard. I, they made it clear they didn't want him. He wasn't in their plans. And right. 
we'll see where that goes from here um, because that, you know, as we deal with sort of the initial shock and stunned, and I, I, again, I am, yeah, I don't know how you could not be stunned that he's leaving. Like, even though you're prepared for it, I don't know how you still say, wow, Tom Brady is going to play for a different team next year. When, if September comes and there is football, and I don't think that's necessarily a certainty at this point, I've already seen, um, in a side note, you know, some owners think players won't be reporting until training camp, that there won't be any team activities until training camp. And that's an interesting side factor in Brady. Like he's just going to show up in training camp with a new team, a new offense. That's going to hinder him. But on the flip side of that, the Patriots getting ready for the post Brady time isn't going to be whoever they bring in as a veteran quarterback isn't necessarily going to have all the tools in place. So, you know, maybe Jarrett Stidham is the guy just out of circumstance more than anything else, because he's been here the longest and been with the Patriots and has at least a year in the system. Um, But I, I just think, this is as stunning as we thought it would be stunning, even though we knew it was coming. Yes. And now I guess the focus has shifted to his potential replacements. And you have people throwing out there, like just before we did this podcast, there was reported that Cam Newton is going to be available via trades. And some people, Patriots fans, media, are sort of jumping to the conclusion that they could get a guy like Cam Newton or Andy Dalton or – Uh, Nick Foles but I just don't see how that's possible just look at the cap space they have and they don't have any cap space to begin with sure they can make some moves with Joe Tooney and maybe some restructures and some cuts but that's just to get that guy on your roster and then you have to find ways to make your team better and they're not good right now it's not like that you can roll into next season with Julian Edelman, Mohamed Sanu, uh, uh, Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry like you need to help your offense and I don't think that the Patriots are in a position right now to, you know, create cap space for a veteran quarterback of, of a bigger name and then go with that because you're, like we talked about before, you're hurting that quarterback and setting them up to fail. So I, I think the likely scenario is Jared Stidham and then maybe a veteran guy that's still available on May 1st for a veteran minimum contract. First of all, I appreciate your um, best Trent Dilfer impression right there. They're not good right now. They're not. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with it. Um, cause you're right. And if you're going to bend over backwards to make a quarterback fit within your salary cap structure, uh, his name is Tom Brady. He's TB 12 and he already said he's leaving. So I, I don't, I have no interest in Cam Newton personally. Nope. Um, no interest in Andy Dalton. That's a popular one. I saw, forget who it was tweeted. Like one NFL executive was like, Oh, it has, you know, Dalton has to be their guy. Go trade for him. Why? Like what is so exciting about Andy, Andy Dalton in conjunction with the finances and the situation with $13 million in dead cap money? I think his salary is $15 million, but let's say you even restructure and lower that sum. You're still paying a lot of money Correct. for mediocre quarterback play at best. Um, so I just – I'm with you. I think it's Jared Stidham and then insert $1 million veteran here. Because I don't think you can just go Stidham and Cody Kessler. I don't think that's – as Belichick said back in the day, that would be irresponsible, in my opinion. Right. Um, you have to have another veteran, whether it's Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert, somebody making like a million dollars, two million dollars. Even that, that list of characters is off is not as great as it once was. Like AJ McCarron signed with with Houston. Um, who, who signed with with Cleveland yesterday? Keenum, Case Keenum, right? Uh, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, so one of the veteran guys signed with with the Browns to be. Baker Mayfield's backup so that list is shrinking as well so I think that we're sort of you just need to come to the come to grips that 
it's going to be Jared Stidham plus a veteran guy on the minimum contract. It's not going to be a guy that has proven that he can win in the NFL. They just don't have the space to do that. And that's sort of something that I think people are struggling to grasp that well, they can't go out and add a guy that you know is going to be, you know, capable of, of or has proven they can win before. They, they could do that. I mean, they can do anything. As you pointed out, when you have a guy like Gilmore, who is still great and making $18 million cap number. 18 against year? the cap, yep. Okay, so that's, a, that's an easy, you still want him. Right. You have no problem extending him. There's no fear of anything kicking the money down the road. So that's an easy restructure. So, I mean, if you just look at it sort of from an accounting perspective, yep. if you take care of Tooney and you take care of Gilmore, you're creating a boatload of money. Like Tooney in and of himself creates 16, uh, $15 million. Say you create another, let's just say five to 10 million. All right, you've, you've created money. Now, that doesn't help you get better necessarily because you haven't right. added a tight end and a wide receiver. You still don't have a guard. You, like, there's still going to be plenty of questions. You have plenty of questions now on defense because the boogeyman culture was in some ways established by Jamie Collins and Kyle Vinoy. Yep. For better and worse, I would say. Early in the year, good. Later in the year, they faded, whatever. They're gone. You know, they made their money good for them. Well, that needs to be replaced on some level. And I don't know that you can just say, oh, Jawan Bentley's ready. Well, or, yeah. Wayne Roberts come back and you're going to be ready. Like, I don't think so. Nope. Nope. You're, you're taking a step back um, overall in terms of defense. And you still have questions on offense. We saw big name trades for wide receivers. Stephon Diggs is out of the picture because he is now in the picture in your division as a member of the Buffalo Bills. Um, I would not have made that trade. They gave up a ton to get oh, him. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the trade options, I mean, I guess Odell Beckham's still out there. You could go, I guess, sign Emmanuel Sanders. I'm not saying it's totally dead, the idea of improving the offense and adding weapons, but um, there are no easy solutions for this team because I think they have a lot of questions. They don't have a lot of um, hopeful depth, youthful, hopeful depth. I, I don't know what exactly, you know, in theory, you should say, well, Nikhil Harry's going to be a 1,200-yard receiver. You don't have to worry about anything. Right. Yeah, except for the fact that I have no faith personally that Nikhil Harry's going to be a 1,200-yard receiver, right? You know, that's a first-round pick. That's a guy that should be coming into his own. Year two jump. Woohoo! Very, very exciting. I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in some of those, some of those options. So, as I wrote on the website, I just think not just Brady. You know, I sort of tie it to Brady. Like, there's more questions than answers now than ever. I would say that for the whole team. Like, that's the reality you live in. And there's always questions in the NFL. But it's easier to answer those questions when you have Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick. When you have your quarterback, you say, worst case scenario, I can always count on my quarterback, which is something that half the teams can't say. Well, yeah. now you're in those half the teams, and you have a lot of questions. Right. Now, I, it, it's early. I don't want to be Mr. Reactionary, even though we're doing this reaction podcast whatever three hours after Tom Brady announced he's not coming back but I think they're going to struggle to win eight games next year I think they're a 500 team at best and if things go the wrong way I think you're a bottom quarter of the league type team I really do all right we'll, we'll save that for a later podcast we'll keep the you I didn't have, like that too hot a like, take Ooh. Well, I want to I want to keep this Brady uh, Brady specific I have a couple hey, again you remember when Charles Barkley were you I don't know if you were around I always go back to it. Round. Charles Barkley 
when he was in the Gillette Stadium locker room after a game, he had been up in the owner's box and he had clearly been drinking too much and he was poop-faced. And he said, y'all need to remember when Brady and Belichick leave, you're going to effing suck. <laughs> and I think I actually do remember that. Okay, well, one of those left. So you may not be all the way to suckage, but you're a step closer to sucking than you've been for a long time. And that's just the simple reality of it. And anybody that doesn't believe that, and I'm not saying Brady was the answer. You might have sucked with Brady coming back. Maybe you think he got old. Right. But you've lost the GOAT, Tom Brady. You've lost that stability. You know, it really is 30 years since you've been through this. Yep. As soon as Drew Bledsoe arrived, you had a franchise quarterback, and you had one from then almost 30 years since. Now you don't. Now you have question mark at the position, and usually when there's a question mark at the quarterback position, it leads to bad things for the team. Another Brady fallout question. Kraft has kind of put this all on Brady. Bill's kind of put through the statements that, you know, Brady's, Brady was great, great to have him, this and that. But then the leaks go to say that they didn't really present any sort of offer and they really didn't show any interest at all. How do you think their relationship is, Brady's, with the Patriots and with Kraft and Belichick? Do you think this is something that Brady, like, won't – will have something against Bill and the Patriots for a long time? Or do you think this is something where, you know, Brady comes back and, you know, is sort of one of these guys that comes back like, you know, Ty Law and William McGinnis and one of those guys? Or do you think their relationship strained forever? Not forever. I mean, Brett Favre went back to the Packers, got inducted, has done things with the team. Yep. Time heals all wounds. And I don't think this wound is, is so deep that it can't be sewn up. And, and I agree. But – I think there's sore, sore feelings right now, and there should be. Um, they may be getting sorer by the minute, too. If I'm Brady and I'm reading some of this stuff, if he wanted to be back, he'd be back. Like, I don't know that I would like to read. Whether it's true or not, I don't need to read that. I don't need to see that. You don't need to be saying that. Let's just – forever, I thought it was, you know, we keep things in-house. We don't talk about contracts. And now everybody's talking, and I guess that's the way it's been for six months, really. They've all been talking through leaks in the media and changed the way they do business. Um, but no, I, I think he'll end up being, you know, brought back into the circle of trust with the Patriots and he'll get his statue and his road and whatever they're going to be outside Gillette stadium. Um, and some of it might have to do with how it plays out. Like, does he have a really good year somewhere, Tampa? Sure. Yeah. Or does he have a bad year and how does that affect how he feels about it? Um, you know, they, they, <laughs> Reading Robert Kraft's comments to Tom Curran on NBC Sports Boston, they were like me. Like Robert even said Monday, you know, Brady came to his house and he thought maybe this was going to be the basically tail between his legs. Right. But not even a negotiation. He thought this was, as usual, he'll take what I give him. Like he'll, right. he'll be accepting. And he clearly wasn't this time. And I don't blame Tom for that necessarily. Um, it sounds like they really tried to call his bluff and manipulate him and he didn't chicken out like I thought he would. And I, I give him some credit for that, taking ownership of his own career and life and what he wants to be. Um, but the bottom line is, I think if he were happier and more trusting in Belichick and in the Patriots, he'd still be here. He isn't. There, there's well, a great divide there. I said this before. If I think I said it with Mutt last week. If this was a situation like Drew Brees in, in New Orleans, if he had gotten these weapons and had Michael Thomas and had a replacement for – Rob Gronkowski, 
I don't think money would be an issue for Brady. If he had the weapons that he thought he needed these last couple of years, I don't think he really would be concerned with money. And I think he would have sort of done what Drew Brees did, basically saying, I'm going to be back with New Orleans. Just let's make it happen. But because Brady took less, but didn't get more in return from the other players and, you know, organizationally, he had, he had no choice but to, but to leave. He, he, couldn't give, he couldn't give up money while also giving up talent. It, that's just not how it works. Yeah, I, I think it's even more, even simpler. It's just, it's trust slash faith. He doesn't really trust and have faith in Belichick or the operation. And whether that's financial or specific to replacing guys or how he's treated you know, what part he plays in the offense or any of that. He, I just, it's what I wrote and I give him credit for that. If he needed assurances, then just go. Then the, there are no assurances. We can't assure you any more than what 20 years working together had assured you or should have assured you. So um, I give him credit for that. I think he took the bull by the horns and did the right thing for the way he's feeling. Now it's just a question of how it works out for everybody involved. Because, you know, we're going to start to get into, I saw NBC Sports Boston, you know, who deserves the credit for 20 years? And we'll get into that. And, you know, I sort of touched on who deserves the blame for this divorce and all that. And I think a lot of people have pie in the sky ideas that it's going to work out great for one, bad for the other, or great for both. Or, you know, maybe we'll see a Super Bowl Patriots Bucks in Tampa or AFC title game Patriots Chargers or, or you no. Know, and more likely they both are sort of middling teams in the middle of the season. That, that would be my prediction. As we're doing this podcast, Ian Rapport tweeted the Patriots are among the teams that have interest in Teddy Bridgewater. I know we just talked about it, but I, I just don't see how that's feasible. Um, I can see Teddy Bridgewater being a Patriot-type quarterback. He doesn't make mistakes. He's sort of a, a sound, sure, you know, yeah, not a gun. that's fine, but the financial stuff, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't. And it, it also sort of, I guess, depends on his market. Um, as the quarterback job, because if Brady goes to the Chargers, all reports out of Tampa have been that Bridgewater's their second, right, or maybe first, who knows, one of their top couple candidates to replace Jameis Winston. So if Brady were to announce that he's going to LA, I got to think that the Bucks would swoop in and offer $30 million a year to Teddy Bridgewater or whatever, a, a big contract, $25 million. And you're right, I can't see the Patriots being able to or really wanting to put 20 plus million dollars a year into Teddy Bridgewater, even beyond the fact that they have the 13 million for Brady. Forget right. about that. Okay. Let's, but, but let's forget about that. Do they even want to pay $25 million a year to Teddy Bridgewater next year when they don't have the dead money? Like, is he that good a quarterback? Is he in that price range? I, I don't personally believe so. Um, but like, remember he did a good job with the saints, right? Five and oh. He's a good quarterback, but he's not worth $20 million. And especially right. when you're so hamstrung by your salary cap, it's just not worth it to me. But I also don't know what's worth anything anymore. It's, it's so, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, but the DeAndre Hopkins trade versus the Stefan Diggs trade yep. or yep. versus um, the Buckner trade. So the yep. Colts gave up the 13th pick in the draft and paid a guy $21 million a year or something. Right. Doesn't that seem exorbitant to you unless the guy is a quarterback? The guy's not even a quarterback. Right, right. He's a right. really productive defensive lineman. I understand that, but he's still a defensive lineman, and that's a lot. One or the other I wouldn't have a problem with. You traded a first-round pick for him, okay. Or you signed him to a $20 million a year contract, okay. 
You did both. And then you have cornerbacks that are now making 17, 18 million dollars a year. And so the finances and where the cap is going to go slash where it is, the value of guys, I mean, it's all, it's the old saying, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and that value is in the eye of the beholder. And it seems like we're disagreeing with it rather often in, in the current landscape. And maybe because teams are figuring out what is valuable and what isn't. And there's some different theories there, but you know, Bridgewater would be interesting just because it's a name and it, it, right. it it's more than just the journeyman minimum backup. And it's more than just the unknown fourth round pick. It's, it's a guy that everybody knows in his story. And it's a nice story. Everybody thought his career was over when he had that horrific knee injury in practice and he backed up Drew Brees. Now he's going to replace Tom Brady. I mean, there's a lot of sort of storylines to it. Do I think he's good enough to ensure that they're not a middling team next year? I do not. I, especially with the what's around him right now. I do not believe that, but who knows, but it, it's going to get interesting. I mean, you now still have Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, um, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. I mean, you have, I, I would say it's safe to say those guys are all five starting quarterbacks. How good, whatever, but they're starting right. caliber NFL quarterbacks. So you have at least, you know, one sixth of the starters in the league still out there available in free agency. And that even doesn't even take into account the Andy Dalton trade or the Nick Foles trade or some of those things. Um, so this QB carousel, as we, you know, come down to about a day away from actual free agency starting is still very much spinning and, and very much interesting. Last topic before we go is where's Brady going to go now? We both sort of said that he was going to return to New England. Now, obviously that's not going to actually happen. Um, the teams connected most are the Bucks, the Chargers, and I guess you can throw the Raiders in there now. To me, I kind of find it surprising that the Colts and the Bears haven't jumped in. They're in their quarterback market, but now that you see Brady's available and not coming back to New England, why not give Brady a call? And then now we hear that Brady's sort of going to go dark and weigh his options and sort of see where things go from here. Where do you ultimately see Brady going? Like, where do you, where do you handicap the teams he could go as of now? Well, certainly, I mean, Vegas went with the Bucks as of yesterday, and the Bucks have been at the forefront for the last whatever it's been, five, six days since oh, they they're they're all in on Brady. It's just a matter of he wants to go there. I know. I just find it weird that they're all in and they told everybody five days ago they're all in. Diana Rossini and um, Stroud, the local beat yeah. writer, went from saying there was no chance to like, this is the plan and they're hoping to go to the Super Bowl this year with Tom like that's very weird for a team to be that public with its plan. And, and but then, I mean, Bruce Aaron at the combine said, I'm open Tom open for business. That's how correct. they roll down there. And you know me, anytime something smells funny, I tend to sniff the breeze and wonder why it smells funny. So, but yeah, all signs point to them being, you know, even $30 million a year or whatever the reports were yeah. today. Um, I've always said, I thought Sandy uh, LA was like the perfect landing spot for him other than San Francisco. Forget about San Francisco. That would have been really good. But I think L.A. has talent on both sides of the ball. There's a young coordinator and coach sort of combo on offense that he could get what he wanted. They'd work with him. There's no, like, pig-headed or anything. I think that but would like work. You said, there's not going to be enough time to work with him. There's going to be no OTAs. There's going to be – So he's going to run his system. So he's going to show up, and it's going to be a more simplified, which is another topic we can get into another day. I do wonder if that benefits the Patriots because we know the Patriots have a really good coach. Yep. And if you're 
throwing together crap in August and September and adjusting on the fly in September and October, how much does that benefit Bill Belichick's team, regardless of the talent? Like the other team may be more talented, but does the advantage the Patriots have in terms of coaching in a, in a shortened offseason, shortened preseason, whatever we're going to end up with post-coronavirus, that could benefit the Patriots. But to get back to the Brady thing, um, I've always just sort of thought to all around talent, both sides of the ball, L.A., location, and then the ability to uh, – maybe I'm being way too presumptuous, like be part owner moving down the road, take over that team, have a voice, whatever. Um, I still think the Chargers would be what I would pick if I were Tom Brady. But um, I, I still – we talked about it yesterday. You just touched on it again. It'd be fun if maybe a mystery team got involved, whether it's the Bears or the Colts or the Redskins or wh- whoever could get involved. Miami. Um, Miami. Is, is a fun one that Mike Lynch said they were getting involved and then quickly said they weren't getting involved. And uh, I don't know, because again, sniff test, I always found it a little strange that owner GM and coach in Miami used that same basic phrase of why would he want to come here? We're a building team right. that makes, well, now they've spent a boatload of money. They've added offensive line help. Defense. Yeah. I mean, they've added a boatload and they're going to add a boatload more with all their draft picks and maybe trades and who knows. So could they be a sleeper team, um, despite reports that they were in and or out last night? So uh, we'll see. But if you made me pick a team right now, I mean, I guess you'd have to be – you're kind of ignoring the obvious if you pick anybody but Tampa because it sounds like they're the leader in the clubhouse. Yep. But I still still like the Chargers. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll probably have another podcast tomorrow the way things have been going. And I guess we'll do a podcast wherever Brady signs and – if the Patriots make some big moves, trades, we'll be here for that too. So I guess just stand by for another podcast in the coming days. And we will offer your coronavirus quarantined content on a daily basis, hopefully. And uh, I listened to yesterday's. It wasn't terrible in terms of the audio quality. There was a stark contrast between your audio and my audio. Your audio was very good. I don't know if that's because we're technically recording on your computer or – right. I made an adjustment today. I went from my regular laptop to my Mac. I also think where I was doing it acoustically may have not been the most ideal situation. So we're trying to work out the kinks here in terms of our audio and our quality. But given what's going on in the world and given what's going on in Patriot Nation, I do think it's better to give you B quality audio for A quality content than to just ignore it. Correct. Of course, I'm also not sure this is A quality content, but whatever. Uh, stay healthy out there and stay tuned for more off day podcast and Patriots coverage on WEI.com. See you.